A very good evening to you. Welcome along to this edition of Gospel for You. Our theme is We Deserve. Very often we think we deserve many things just because. But what do we actually deserve when it comes to a living, loving God? Luke chapter 23 verses 40 to 43 But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So what's this passage actually all about? This passage is taken from when Jesus was crucified between two criminals. And the person who wrote this, who is in fact a a doctor, Dr. Luke, he notes how one of the prisoners who was crucified with Jesus was joining in with the crowd saying he can't even save himself. But the other criminal realized his own faults and he at that point realized who Christ Jesus was and what he could do for him. He realized that he was in the hands of a living God who is just and fair. He confessed his sin. We are punished justly for we are getting what we deserve. Then he said this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus realized that this man had faith and wanted to believe and had asked him for forgiveness. And then Jesus said, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's not what we do that can make any difference. None of our good works, none of our money, none of our anything can actually get us one iota of favour from God. For the Bible tells us that God has no favourites. It's only by faith in Jesus Christ that we can be saved. And it is a grace. We are saved by grace. Sinners saved by grace. That is what Christians are. That is what I am. But I can do nothing else. I was thinking about this whole theme of we deserve. Sometimes when we are wronged, we think we deserve better than that. Better treatment than that. We think that because we've paid our taxes or been really good at helping people, that we deserve far more. But what do we really deserve? John Chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. And that is unfortunately what's happening in this world as we look round. Fact and fiction and truth 
who's to say what it is? But one thing I can say is that I know and I believe in the word that is written in the gospel, in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. John chapter 14 verse 6 Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Welcome along to this program of Gospel for You. And if you've just joined us, my name is Rob Rowe and I'm the director at Gospel for Grampian Radio based here in Aberdeen, which produces these programs. Gospel for You began in April last year, in 2021. This program goes out to Europe, North Africa and the Middle East via European Gospel Radio. It also gets broadcast on Gospel for Grampian Radio on a Friday evening at 7pm UK time, that's 8pm CET. For some time now we've been aware that so many people are moving about to different places around the world. So even where you have a population, or have had a population of mainly, for example in Holland, Dutch-speaking people, yet there are many people coming in of different languages, and so it is in many countries. We have, as elements of the shows, your gospel. Your gospel is bringing the gospel in as many ways as possible. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And we're going to be bringing your gospel in Bemba, which is an African language, in Chinese, and also in Hindi, remembering that people move around the globe. And there are people living in these countries who have not yet heard the gospel. God's word tells us, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, to go out into all the world and preach the good news to all men. And this is what we are doing by this. So we've got that. We've got uh, a testimony from Tom Riley, and we've also got Kingdom Come with Fergus Buchan. Let's listen now to your gospel in Bemba, which is actually one of the languages from Zambia. Welcome to your gospel making the good news of salvation available to language groups all around the world. This is your gospel in Burmba. Pandulesa atemwisha abapanwesonde, abapela na muana wa bafie humompo, pakuti onse uwa sumina e kalova lelo akwata umweo wapen. Your Gospel is made available by Gospel for Grampian Radio, which it is heard every hour, on the hour, and on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk 
listen in life from listen.g4g.org.uk. Thank Good you. morning, everyone. It's a great pleasure once again to be with you in Heart of the Matter. The programme, as our regular listeners will know, is an opportunity for us to have a conversation, to listen in to what an interesting guest has to say about their life, what interests them, what's important to them, and in particular, what coming to know Christ as a reality in their life means to them. The heart of the matter, in other words. So, wherever you are, and whoever you are, you are most welcome to join us today in this programme. Now, our special guest today is a man called Tom Riley. Welcome to Heart of the Matter, Tom. I'm happy to be here, Harvey. Thank you. Well, it's our privilege to have you take part with us. Now, Tom, my understanding is that you were born in the grand city of Dundee. That's correct. A Dundonian, in fact. Yes. Very good. And uh, you were there throughout your boyhood and your young manhood and so on. I think Dundee is one of the great unspoken secrets of Scotland. Did you enjoy living in Dundee? It was an interesting city to live in, but it was a very tough, very violent city. Yeah. But I suppose you could say that about any major city in any metropolis, yeah. And it's a city that's come a long way. I think nowadays it's a different city from the way it was shortly after the war and so on. Indeed, with the discovery in the V&A, Dundee yes. is suddenly, thankfully becoming a city that uh, people want to visit as opposed to yes. when I was in Dundee people wanted to leave. Yes exactly and it's quite a hub of the IT in Scotland. There's a lot of software development and so on goes on there. Oh tremendous, tremendous yes. So in many ways it's quite a modern growing city. Indeed it is yes. Now having been a boy there, gone to school and doing all the things that boys do, did you have an early introduction to Christian faith, Tom, or was that something that was not really of great relevance to you, let's say, as a teenager? No, it wasn't. I mean, in my generation, we all grew up with a form of religion. We all belonged to a church, Mm -hmm. but we had very little interest in it. Mm -hmm. My interests were just in enjoying myself. Right. And I suppose there's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself, is there? Well, you can enjoy yourself too much and begin to damage yourself, and that's what I was actually doing. I was damaging myself with the things that I was engaged in. And I think you had an an early run-in with things that are famously difficult to control, alcohol and drugs and so on. Sadly, Harvey, that is is the case, yes. Uh Well, that was a bit of a difficult beginning. But uh, when you left school, you went into your professional life to earn your corn, and you spent a good many years in customer care. Indeed, yes. Now, what would you say you learned in customer care? I learned to communicate. Uh Because communication is an art, and it's something you have to learn. I hear people being announced as natural communicators. Uh I've always found that communication is difficult, but if you study and if you care for the person that you're dealing with, then you do learn to communicate. And you learn by mistakes. But I've done quite a number of uh, communication training courses. Uh And one of the great things about communicating with people is the art of active listening. Indeed. Many people are very poor listeners, aren't they? Yes. You know, sometimes when you chat to somebody, you realise that while you're speaking, they're actually thinking about what they're going to say next. 
Yeah, well, that's the skill of the customer care specialist, is making sure that the communication is ongoing and that the person is understanding what you're saying. Yes. And more importantly, that you're understanding their situation yes. and being able to identify with that situation and offer them a solution to any problems that they're having. So at the heart of the whole business is this, it's really people skills, isn't it? Indeed. Which Indeed. is a very important set of skills to have. I would say so, yes. Now, while you were doing that, you eventually moved to Edinburgh. You came down market a wee bit, I think, Tom. I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you moved to Edinburgh and you, you married. I married indeed, yes. And you married uh, Moira. And in the fullness of time, you had uh, a family. And of course, they're, they're all grown up now. Yes, uh, they're in their 30s and 40s, uh, yeah. And are you a granddad? I am a granddad. I've got two lovely wee granddaughters. Oh, that's great. That's great. So you moved to Edinburgh and you worked there and you lived family life there. Something happened in Edinburgh around 1981. You had been in Edinburgh about nine years then. Yes. Something, I think it was an event that took place over a week or so or two weeks in the meadows. That's correct. It was the, the Way to Life crusade with the evangelist Dick Saunders. And I say I was in customer care and one of my customers who worked for an Edinburgh company was wearing a badge that said Way to Life Crusade. I inquired, what is this? And he told me, there's a man preaching the gospel. Would you like to come and hear him? Now, I primarily went because I wanted to look after the customer, not knowing that God wanted to look after me. So when I went and heard Dick Saunders preaching on the 27th of August, 1981, I was saved by the grace of God on that day. Well, that's very specific, and clearly that was a very important occasion for you. Indeed. Now, I think you were a, a young man of about 27 or 28, 28 thereby, yeah. and you had had difficulties, as we've said already, yeah. in life. So... What difference did that make to you? Well, words fail me because being born again, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but you are born again. You become a new person. You have a new direction and you also have a new source of help, the divine help that comes from God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. God becomes a reality in your life. It yeah. changes everything. Yeah. And of course, one of the things that's important to any Christian is to have Christian friends and Christian fellowship. Indeed. And you found that in one of the well-known churches in Edinburgh, Charlotte Chapel. Yes. Baptist Chapel. And you gained a great deal from being a member there for quite a while. Indeed, yes. The, the man who took me to the crusade, a man called Douglas, who's gone to glory, was attending Charlotte Chapel and he took me there and I sat under the ministry of Derek Prime and Peter Granger and I've got no hesitation in saying that there was no two finer teachers of the Christian faith mm -hmm. than these two men. And they helped me to live and grow and eventually conquer my problems. Well, that's marvellous and a tribute to them in, in helping you. Now, Another thing that Christians become engaged in, of course, is Christian service. Yes. And I think you have been active in a number of interesting areas, not least in the prison fellowship. Yes, indeed. Very early on in my Christian life, I realised that there were many people who were engaged in the same kind of lifestyle that I was in that had no saviour. So I felt... A responsibility to go and find these people and say to them look I was once like you but Jesus took me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock as he wrote in Psalm 40. Now that was possibly a bit of an eye-opener to some of the fellows in prison that you had been once like them. 
Yes, indeed. But that gave me a credibility, a bit of street cred. I was able to say to these hardened criminals, I was once like you, but Jesus found me before I ended up in prison. And by his grace, I've become a new person with a new direction. You can do the same. Now, here you are. You're developing as a Christian. Your family are growing up and you're busy working. And then, very sadly, your wife, Moira, died in 2003. Yeah. Now, how important was your Christian faith to you in a devastating situation like that, Tom? Without hesitation, I would say that it saved my life because I thought my world had come to an end. Mm. But I remember reading a book about John Newton, the great preacher, the great hymn writer, and John Newton was devastated when his wife died, but he realised that his wife didn't belong to him. His wife belonged to the Lord. Mm. And thankfully, Moira belonged to the Lord. Mm. And I had to let her go. Now, at the time, I didn't understand that God had a new direction for me to Mm. go in, and Moira was not part of it. And he Mm. took her to glory and has left me with Mm. peace. I mean, you were married to Moira for 30 years or so. 30 years, Which is a long time. Yeah. But in the fullness of time, after that sad event... You met and subsequently married another lady, and her name is Bofana. That's correct. Now, Bofana, I'm sure, is interesting in many ways, but one of the things that's interesting about her is that she's a Cambodian. That's correct. Cambodians are actually, officially, the smallest ethnic minority in Scotland. We only know five Cambodians in Scotland. Really? I actually come from the largest ethnic minority in Scotland, and that's the Irish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that sounds quite a, a funny thing. But yes, yes, Bofana is Cambodian, yes. Now, when you and Bofana decided to get married, you went to Cambodia. Now, I suppose this would be to connect with Bofana's family there. Were you actually married in Cambodia? We were, yes. It's a bit of an interesting story, Harvey. Bofana invited me to go to her homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going out together. I'd heard her testimony how she'd been widowed. Her husband was murdered by the Khmer Rouge. She knew that Moira had died and she was beginning to look after me. So we went out to Cambodia as friends. We were in love. And while we were in Cambodia, we decided to get married in Cambodia and we had a traditional Cambodian wedding. That's wonderful. And you're happily married to Bofana to this day. To this day, yes. (laughs) And many days to come, I hope. Yes, I hope so too. Now, Cambodia, of course, most of the older folks will remember, it went through one of the most devastating experiences imaginable. Indeed it did. Around the time of the Vietnam War and so on, the Khmer Rouge, and there was terrible damage done to the country and to the people. How did you find the people? Are there Christians in Cambodia? Yes. Cambodia is a country that has complete religious freedom, providing you register your religious organisation with the Minister for Cult and Religion, Mm -hmm. and that is what he's actually, that's his official Mm -hmm. title. The Christian church is blossoming in Cambodia. Out of 16 million people, less than 5% would be Christian, in inverted commas, and about 80% of them would be evangelical Christians. Mm. And you became involved in a number of Christian activities there. So just tell us a wee bit about that. I was invited to... Cambodia by Dr. Rexa Him. Rexa is well known, he's written books, his films been made about him. And he asked me to come and teach English at the Boys Brigade Learning Centre. And when I went there, I found that the problem was that most English teachers go out for a month. You can't teach the English language in a month. No. So I committed to go there for two years to teach the senior students. It was more about 
having confidence in using the language. Because again, you can't teach one or two hours a week. You can't teach the entire language. But I, I taught them to identify with using a new language to relax, to study and to practice. Now, do the young people in Cambodia, are they taught English in school as a matter of course? As a matter of course, yes, but they're very badly taught and that's uh, no disrespect to the teachers because the teachers aren't taught. Right, and so you are helping them to develop their skills in English speaking and so on, but all of that would have to be done, the vehicle would be English language. English language, uh, yes. It's quite a tricky thing to do. It is, but by the grace of God and the fact that I had a, done a TEFL course uh-huh. and my communication skills that I'd learned and the fact that I'd led a, a Bible study in Scotland for 26 years, mm. it gave me the ability to communicate and connect with these young people. Mm-hmm. And I saw the enthusiasm that they had and I saw their skills developing and I was able to unearth the skills that I knew were inside these people. Mm -hmm. But because of their culture, because it's a very, very much an old person's culture in Mm -hmm. Cambodia, young people are taught to listen, not to speak. And I was teaching them to speak, to be themselves, to have respect, but to have confidence, respect for yourself. You can do this. And with this can-do attitude, I saw them growing to such a degree that at least three of my students are now teaching in schools in Cambodia. Oh, that's very good. And were even teaching the teachers at their schools how to teach English teaching, if that makes sense. (laughs) I think so. Now, Tom, you went in the first instance to Cambodia to work within the Boys' Brigade Learning Centre. Yes. And while you were there, you worshipped with other Christian people in the New Life Mission Church. That's correct. But there's also another area of activity that you engaged in called the Teen Mission Bible College. Yeah. That's interesting. Tell us about that. That's an American organisation that prepares young Cambodians as inner city missionaries, probably equivalent to what the Faith Mission does here. Sends young people out into their villages, some even in the villages that they were born in, to preach the gospel. And the pastor of that church was worshipping in the international church in Siem Reap and I was introduced to him and he asked me if I would go along and teach one of their doctrinal courses. So I went and taught pneumatology, which is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And this of course would be in the English language. In the English language, but through translators. Right. And it's the same when I was preaching in my church and God wonderfully provided proper translators, professional translators and professors of universities. They could translate not only the language, but the theology as well. Well, that's fascinating. There were some visa difficulties, weren't there? And you had a bit of an upset with that. But one of the outcomes of that was you had an early diagnosis of a cancer problem, which happily is no longer an issue because you've been treated for it. But that must have been a, a pretty upsetting thing to be involved in. It was. Basically, I got the wrong visa when I went there. So I had to leave the country and come back. And my visa was therefore extended for three months longer than the two years initially. So we stayed there for two years and two months. I came back and was scheduled for a a bowel screening. That bowel screening identified very early stage cancer. So early that the cancer was discovered at the microscopic stage. Now, if I had had my normal visa... 
that might have been missed and I may not be sitting here today talking to you. So I believe it's by the grace of God that my mistake, my stupidity, actually saved my life. I think I can see, Tom, that um, from very early times until now, including the experience you've just described, the presence of God and the reality of God in your life has been so important to you. Yeah. And it has really coloured not only your thinking, but your acting, your aspirations. Is that so? It's a whole life experience. Mm. Christianity is a whole life experience. Mm. People talk about being born again, as I've said before, and it is. You become a completely new person. Your whole life changes. Christianity permeates your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, everything. The heart of the matter. The heart of the matter, yeah. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I prepared myself for two outcomes. One, you're going to die. And one, you're going to live. (laughs) Now, I identify with the Apostle Paul who says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm -hmm. And I can say this, that never once was I afraid. My constant prayer through this illness, and it was a, a powerful and painful operation and recovery period, my constant prayer was, Lord, and whatever happens, I don't ask for life, I don't ask for death. I ask only this then whatever I do, I don't bring disgrace upon the holy name of God Mm. and whatever happens. Now, Bafana and you are uh, both in good health. Yes. And you're planning a visit, a return visit to Cambodia. Yes, we hope by the grace of God the next year to go back to Cambodia. I was prompted by what the Apostle Paul said to Barnabas. Let us go back to the, the churches that we visited before to see how they're doing. And I thought it was wonderful how Paul went back, Paul and Barnabas, and later on Silas, went back to the people they knew to say, hello, how are you doing? And to make sure that the ministry they started was continuing. Because there's a sense of responsibility for missionaries. You begin a work, you have to make sure that that work continues. Well, that'll be a great experience, and we we wish you well in it. Now, I think there is a, a verse from the Bible that you wanted to share with us, so... Why don't you tell us about that now? Harvey, I've been to many missionary conferences and you can almost predict the scriptures that missionaries are going to use. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. All scripture is God-breathed. But perhaps an unlikely scripture is found in Revelation 5, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the fifth chapter, beginning at the sixth verse. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, set out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, and this is the key verse, verse 9, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And that verse there includes the Cambodian people. Of course it does, yes. And Christ Mm -hmm. is no longer the Messiah of the Jews only. He's the Messiah of the whole earth. Mm -hmm. And any who turn to him will be saved. And this verse tells me that there are Cambodians in heaven. 
as we are speaking just now. And so your wife and yourself are hoping to get back to Cambodia in the reasonably near future to find out exactly how things are going there. Yeah, we would like to get back next year for uh, two or three months to go back and encourage the church to see how they're doing. We're connected with the church on Facebook. It's the New Life Mission Church of Simreep. Anyone can look it up. Is it in Phnom Penh? No, in Simreep. All right. Simreep is in the north. All right. Yeah, Phnom Penh is in the capital, but the New Life Mission Church in Phnom Penh, it's the church we were married in, is huge. It's got 1,500 members. Oh, my goodness. They support 30 other churches within the country, and they pay the salaries of all the ministers in the churches, in the small towns in the churches that can't afford to pay their ministers. So it's a very caring ministry. Mm. We keep contact through Facebook and through emails. They're doing very well, but we feel a sense of responsibility and also we miss them so much. We want to go back and spend some time with them because I'm in my mid-60s. My wife is slightly older than me and we don't know if we'll have the strength to go Mm. again. So that's what we plan next year. Well, we wish you every success and every blessing in that, Tom. Folks, here is a boy from Dundee and he's been telling you something about his story along the way. Like a lot of people, he's had to meet crises. He knows what it is to struggle with lifestyle problems. He knows what it is to be bereaved. He knows what it is to have a new direction given to his life completely when he came to Christ. And here he is in his mid-60s by his own admission. (laughs) He's interested now in nurturing the Christian faith in far-off Cambodia. So, Tom, thank you very much for sharing with us today. It was a pleasure, Harvey. Thank you very much indeed. Tom, you've been intrigued to hear Cambodian music. Yes. And we're going to hear some of it now. The Cambodian language, which is very difficult, I think, for an outsider to learn, Khmer, yes. I think is its name. So just give us a word of introduction for this music that we're going to hear. Well, this music is Christian wedding music. Weddings and marriage is held in great honour in Cambodia. And this music is modern music, but using a language that is based on ancient Sanskrit and hasn't changed for a thousand years. This is the language that uh, you would hear in Cambodia now. There's probably only four or five people in Scotland who will understand this language. But it's just amazing to hear it, that God can be praised in any tongue. Welcome to Your Gospel, making the good news of salvation available to language groups around the world. This is Your Gospel in Chinese. Your Gospel is made available by Gospel for Grampian Radio which it is heard every hour, on the hour, and on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk. Listen in life from listen.g4g.org.uk. Thank you. This is Your Gospel. We've been listening into Your Gospel in Chinese, a testimony from Tom Riley and... Because I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm remembering that I am only a sinner saved by grace. But for that, I'm also remembering Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You'll find that in John 14 verse 6. 
our core scripture for this evening and our theme for tonight's program is we deserve dot 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 what do we deserve let's remind ourselves of the core scripture luke 23 verses 40 to 43 and this is when jesus was being crucified alongside two criminals one was very much going along with the crowd and the other realized his own sin he realized who jesus was and he asked jesus to remember him acknowledging his sin but the other criminal rebuked him don't you fear god he said since you are under the same sentence we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom jesus answered him truly i tell you today you will be with me in paradise john 3 verses 17 to 19 god sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged not believing in god's one and only son and the judgment is based on this fact god's light came into the world but people loved the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil so our theme this evening is we deserve but what do we deserve we've got a bit more of an international theme for this evening although this program goes out to europe north africa and the middle east through european gospel radio we're recognizing that so many people move about and so are your gospels have been taken from other languages apart from europe because who knows in europe north africa and the middle east there may well be people who have their main nationality as from zambia say or chinese people or people who can speak hindi and these are the your gospels coming up for you coming up right now we've got kingdom come with fergus buchan and this is about warnings from god well good evening everyone and welcome back to kingdom come our new series of teachings with me jess priest and pastor fergus buchan from mmi london thank you all so much for tuning in and joining us again tonight the last week's episode was on the topic of the elderly and God's promise to always look after them and comfort them. And tonight, Pastor Fergus is going to be speaking and teaching us about warnings from God. So without further ado, over to you, Pastor Fergus. Well, thank you, Jess. It's, it's lovely to be together again. And uh, yeah, um, I've got a, a really, it's, it's, it's to encourage us actually, Jess, and you out there tonight about the the what's going on in the world today there's a lot of evil there's a lot of wickedness there's a lot of uncertainty there's we seem to be sidelined as christians you know we like the minority all the time but i want to just share what what um uh, the book of isaiah has got to say about this and it's so relative to to today now remember isaiah was the one that uh, prophesied the lord jesus 700 years before he was born but what he's talking about now is happening today mm. So that's even further back. So I, I want to just encourage you on, on, on this, um, this teaching tonight. But as always, before we start, we're going to have a word of prayer. Father God, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for Jess. I thank you, Lord, that your word would encourage somebody out there tonight. And the revelation, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto thee. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I'm sitting here with a lovely hot cup of coffee, so I'm going to be sipping on that as well. 
to keep my throat nice and wet. And me with my tea. And and just got her tea. Don't forget. And I've had my biscuits already. But now we're not going to eat now. Just drinking. All right. So so what am I going to talk about? Well, I'm going. I want you to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter five. I'm going to read verse twenty and twenty one. But this is also known. It's God's judgments, but it's also known as the seven woes of the book of Isaiah. Now, you know what woe means, Jess? Woe is me. Mm -hmm. Woe to you. The seven woes. So, let's, before we, any further, let me read verse 20 to you. And straight away, your ears are going to prick up, or they should, if you read your Bible. And you're abreast of the things that are happening in the world today. <coughs> Excuse me. So, verse 20, Isaiah chapter 5. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Doesn't that sound like today? You, you know, as, as Christians, we seem to be the, the pariahs. We, uh, we, we're the bad guys. Because, yeah, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Now, I'm not going to go down the road of everything that we know what's happening on in the world. I mean, I'm not here to judge anybody. You know that. I, I, I brought that message a long time ago. God is going to judge you. Not me or Jess. But woe to you who call... You know, if, if you think it's good, you young men, I'll start with you lot, to think you can go and get drunk every night on, on a Friday. And you think that's being clever. You, you think that's being a man. Oh, come on, man. Jesus is really shaking your head. That, that's not a man. That's not, you see, woe to those who call evil good. Oh, you, you think it's, it's the right thing to do to go out there and, and get absolutely paralytic? You know what? This young girl and the whole bunch of people that walk with me every Saturday morning in the streets of London praying for the homeless, the sick, the prostitute, the, the drunk. How many people we see lying in the streets? I think I don't know if it was Jess was with me. Jess, they wonder we couldn't wake the guy up, mm. so we just prayed over him and left him. Paralytic. It was Jess. It was it was shocking to see. So that so you young young men, I'm, I'm not a prude. I don't mind anybody having a glass of wine or, or ice cold beer. I don't mind that, but that's where it stops. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness? Jesus says, what is what is light got to do with darkness? You, you know, you young girls, it's your turn. I want to go on a little bit further. Don't you worry. It's not just about young boys and young girls, but you're the next generation. You're the ones that are going to carry the banner. I'm talking to Christians now. And Christian behavior is like this. You think it's cool to sleep with your boyfriends before you're married. It's not cool. It's sin. It's adultery. It's fornication. When you've got a, a, a wedding ring on your left hand, like I have, which I've proudly boast for 43 years, by the grace of God, there go I. So I'm not bragging. I'm bragging in one sense, but that's when you have the right to go to bed with a young lady. When you're married. Oh, but, but Pastor Ferguson, don't tell me I don't understand. I may be 71 years old, Jess, but I was also 18 once. And do you think Jesus Christ doesn't know our hearts? It's not cool. 
It's sin. It's not cool to, to go to movies that blaspheme the name of the Lord Jesus. There's, there's, there's stuff I like watching TV. There's some programs I watch with Mrs. Bucken or Auntie Joe or Mama Joe, as she's known. The moment we hear the, the language coming on, or something worse than that, Jess, it's blaspheming Jesus Christ. Mm. Oh, I, can't, I cannot handle that. Mm. We switch it off. Yeah. So do you, don't you? Oh, no, I'm talking to, there's a young girl sitting next to me, and she's exactly in the same spirit. How can you sit and watch that filth? Or, or then, then we'll go one further, Jess, uh, it's got to be real. You know? Then you see the fornication on, on, on screen, and there's young kids sitting there. Mm. It's filth. It's not uh, creativity or, or it's filth. We put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We haven't even we haven't even gone down the road of drugs. Oh, okay. hey, the, the, this city that we're living in, yeah, it is, eh? Isn't it? And it's cool now. We all get together and you and whatever they do, I don't even know what it is they do, but whatever they use, it's not cool. It's sinning. Verse 21 says, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Yeah, verse 22, I'm, I'm right there. Woe to men, to men mighty at drinking wine. Says it, yeah. There we are. It's right there. Woe. Be careful. Brothers and sisters, and maybe more to the youth this evening. Those that are listening, maybe your, 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 your um, parents are listening, and your kids are out there. Warn them. How can you, how can you call yourself a Christian when you live that lifestyle? You can't, Jess, can you? You, you? you can't. You know, I was speaking to Joe the other day, and and, and we travel a lot on the undergrounds. We travel a lot in the buses. We travel in London, period. And you know, Jess, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a prude. This young girl knows me. I've got a wicked sense of humor. I was a golf professional for 42 years of my life. So please, I've been around. But Jess, I'm not talking about this young girl who I'm very proud of. Is is how some of the you young girls are dressing nowadays. It is disgraceful. And then you go to church dressed like that. Oh, well, what do you want us to do? No, all I'm saying is dress appropriately. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to wear a, a smock or something. I'm not, I'm not a prude. But for goodness sake, modesty. Woe to men, mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men, valiant for mixing intoxicating drink, who justify their wicked for a bribe. And take away justice from the righteous man or the righteous woman. You young women that are standing up for Jesus, you, you that have given your lives to Jesus, you that are standing and you get mocked, will get mocked. But you're going to come out the winner. That is for sure. Alcohol, it's a curse. Drugs is a bigger curse. It's from the devil. Woe to those who call Evil good and good evil. You know, we hear so much on, on, on television or the radio or so many cool young guys on radio stations talking about stuff that's absolutely an abomination in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's one thing for you out there that are maybe upraised and just somebody's listening to this that's not a Christian. In fact, you know what? Some non-believers behave better than Christians. Oh, now come on, Fergus, you're stretching. I'm not stretching it. This young girl just said, true. Well, you know, you don't understand. Um, it's a lot cheaper for me to move in with my boyfriend because then we'd have to pay for two rents. Oh, really? Really? Oh, what's God got to say about that? Oh well, you know, we, we we'll just we'll just we'll just get married afterwards and, and repent a little bit, and and then it's all it's not going to be all right because there's going to be judgment. You're going to get called out. Seven woes. Woe to you. Well, now, Pastor Buckin, this is a bit of a rough, yes, a rough one. How do we rectify it, Jess? There's always a way out, isn't there? Right. How do you get out of it? You. Move out of your boyfriend's flat and go back to your mum and dad. Thank you. Get engaged. Get married. Then you can move in together again. Oh, well, that's a bit old-fashioned. Yes, it's old-fashioned. The Bible, is it old-fashioned? Is the word of God, does it change? The Bible can't change. What is written is written. Let me read something that, that, that I, the author is unknown. Jess, you're going to love this. <clears throat> and I've written above this particular Isaiah with the seven woes. I mean, I'm not even going to go down to, to, to some of the other stuff. I'm just touching on I might even do an episode two on this. Mm. Lord, anoint me, please, to always use my mind to expound the scriptures under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and never to use the scriptures to expound my mind. How powerful is that? I'm not, I'm not saying something to you that, that's just popped into my head. I have two daughters. I have a married son in New York. I have a son in heaven. But you, you young people, you're the one that's going to carry on after me. And, and, and. <coughs> How do you ever propose to, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ when, when you're living in sin? Yes. Yes, repentance. Yes, you're forgiven. Yes, yes you can start. Yes, you can. But you've got to have a 360 degree turnaround, haven't you? You've got to, I want to see the fruits of your life. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. When you, when you see what goes on in the sports fields, when I switch on the news and I hear leaders all around the world um, what, what they are telling people, how, how, and yet you look at their private life and how they're living. You put darkness for light and light for darkness. Eh? But that's what's happening because the devil's in this world now. He is real busy, and we've got to be busier. So, brothers and sisters, I, I urge you now. It's a very strong word I'm bringing today. It's a tonight, very strong word. But it's a warning. I'm a watchman. A watchman warns the city of an attack. A pastor's duty is to warn his flock. Isn't it, Jess? Mm -hmm. 
How do you go to church with, with your boyfriend in that situation? Or how do you go to church when you, you're still pretty much under the influence of alcohol, but you, 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 you're sucking a thousand peppermints so that you pray nobody smells you, but you're sitting there in a, in a, in a, after an out-night party, and you come to the house of God in that state. Woe to you! Woe to you! That you don't respect your parents. That you don't respect your bosses. You don't respect your pastor. Who leads you. Who shows you. But then again, Jess, there's some pastors I don't respect. <laughs> oh, now you're getting... No, I'm not getting touchy. I'm telling you the truth. Am I perfect? No. Well, this young girl can quote it. I'm a sinner saved by grace through faith. But let me tell you something now. I'm very, very careful how I walk and how I live. Because why? I'm going to be judged twice as hard as you, Jess. Because I'm a teacher. Be warned. Be warned. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Prudent, what does that mean? That means you know everything. And you're wise in your own eyes. What, what, are, you, what are you wise in? Oh, well, you, you know, um, you know uh, we just happened to have sex and I fell pregnant. So I'll just go and have an abortion. That's murder. Oh, no, no, Pastor Buckin, you don't understand. I do understand. It's murder. That's what it is. Well, it's my body. It's not your body. You see, that's the biggest misconception that I've heard for a long time. Somebody paid a huge cost for that body, Jess. He died on the cross, didn't he? Mm -hmm. For you. Mm -hmm. Not for you to abuse that body. When a man and a, and a wife... Or a wife and a husband come together and a child is conceived. That child is the fruit from the womb. That is blessings from the Lord. But what? To, 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 uh, I made a mistake and after three months or four months or whatever, you, you have that child murdered. You're a murderess. That's what you are. Please, brothers and sisters. Parents, speak to your children. I pray, Jess, somehow this message goes out to the youth. I don't know how God can do anything, I know that. But it's the youth of this time, this life we're living in, that needs to hear this word. So be encouraged. Oh, that's a strange thing, Pastor Buck, and after that message, I'll be encouraged. Why? Because you've just heard the truth. You have an opportunity now to change your ways, don't you, Jess? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you messed up. Okay, we all mess up. Don't repent. Change. Take the counsel I've given you, and this young girl's agreeing with us because we're standing together in unity. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Be encouraged. Brothers and sisters, it's time. It's time to stand up and serve the Lord in honor and dignity, righteousness and holiness. He says, be ye holy, Jess, because I am holy. Amen. Amen. I think there might be a, a chapter two coming to this one. I hope so. Good. Well, there we go. That's nice to hear from a youngster. 
our young lady. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this word, hard as it may be. But the truth is the truth. The word is the word. We can't change anything of it. But Father God, we thank you for dying for us, for shedding your blood. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and repent and start again. Start a new way, a new life. Thank you, Lord, that this word may be received by families in this world today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Jess, well, the next uh, week, brothers and sisters, God bless you and keep safe. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Fergus, for that prayer and for tonight's episode. And thank you to everyone out there who tuned in tonight. As always, if any of you have any questions or prayer requests, please send them in to our new prayer email address, which we mentioned, um, and it's mi.londonprayer at gmail.com. Please, please don't be afraid to send us an email, even if it's just to say hi and to let us know if you're enjoying our weekly episodes um, or if it's anything that you would maybe want to speak to Pastor Fergus personally about, get some advice or some help. Either way, Pastor Fergus would love to hear them and get back to you. So see you all next week and don't forget to tune in and join us every Wednesday at 8pm. Until then, God bless. Fergus Birkin with Kingdom Come on the subject of warnings from God. This theme is We Deserve. Now one of the other scriptures that we're going to bring is Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 to 46, the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then... The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. It's very humbling and sobering thought, these scriptures. But why do I include them? Because the Bible tells us that this is what will happen when Christ comes back. For those who have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord and Saviour, there will not be the judgment. 
As John three seventeen to 19 says, God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but for anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged, for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. What we want to do now is to give you, the listener, an opportunity to even accept Christ as Lord and Saviour for yourselves. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Please feel free to bow your heads in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, as we consider our time on earth, we often like to judge what we believe we deserve. But you, Lord, are a righteous judge. Lord God, I recognize what I've done in my life. Please forgive me for all the things that I've said which have been thoughtless, for the things that I've done, for the thoughts that I've had, and for the things I haven't done. Please come into my life by your Spirit to be my Lord and Saviour forever. I repent of all the things I've done wrong. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Amen. And if you've said that prayer, welcome to God's kingdom. Please do let us know that you have accepted Christ as Lord and Saviour by sending an email through to info at g4g.org.uk and we would love to be able to celebrate with you. And I can tell you this, the Bible tells us that when one person repents, there is great rejoicing in heaven. Yeah, there's a lot of angels seeing what you and I are doing. There's great rejoicing in heaven. And God is extremely pleased. God bless. Have a great week. And we'll be back next week with the subject of reconciliation. We're finishing now with your gospel in Hindi. Welcome to your gospel, making the good news of salvation available to language groups around the world. This is your gospel in Hindi. क्योंकि परमेश्वर ने जगत से ऐसा प्रेम रखा कि उसने अपने एक लोता पुत्र दे दिया जो कोई उस पर विश्वास करे वो नाचना परंतु अनंत जीवन पाए जॉन थ्री सिक्सटीन योर गॉस्पल इज मेड अवेलेबल बाई गॉस्पल फॉर ग्रामपियन रेडियो विट इट इज हर्ट every hour on the hour and on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk listen in life from listen.g4g.org.uk thank you